0: Hi everyone! Hi everyone! I'm Kelly! I'm Carrie! And And we're we're identical identical twins! (laughs) Well if you haven't figured it out yet we are twins and we both love church music and we we both love hymns and we can't wait to share all of this with you on Hymn Hymn Talk Talk, Twin Twin Talk. (laughs) We both work at a church and we just love planning the worship and figuring out the hymns that we're going to sing and we just figured, why don't we share that with other people? Share it on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we don't want hymns to sort of get out of fashion or get forgotten about. We love hymns. And hymns that have been around for hundreds of years have really stood the test of time. And it's important to go back and explore them and study them, figure out why the hymn writer wrote them, and then they sort of make you love them even more. Right, right. And that's where we are. There are so many hymns that we love. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. we had to try to pick one to start our podcast and it was really hard it was really hard like how do you just choose one now we hopefully will be doing this podcast for many many weeks (laughs) please subscribe um but how do we pick the first one do we pick our parents favorite i mean i know mom and dad have tons of favorites right right do Do we pick one of our favorites it's hard to pick a favorite there's so so many good ones so we did some research, we did some studying, we looked at a ton of hymns, we sang a ton, and then just one rose to the top. I loved it. I know, we both really fell in love with it. And so we're sitting in Carrie's basement, yeah. we t- we sent the kids out, we have six kids between us, but we said, you can't be around, we, we don't want any interruptions. Right, no distractions. So it'll just be us and our hymn, Right, and of course, it is the middle of the summer, and we realize the hymn writer is actually... Celebrating a birthday yeah, today. Yeah, <laughs> but we have to tell him who it is. If he were alive, he would be how old? Today is his 134th birthday. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you ready to announce our hymn? Yeah. We're, our, we're, it is our birthday present to this hymn writer. <laughs> to celebrate his life and all the music he left behind, our first hymn writer today is B.B. McKinney, and the hymn is. Wherever he leads, I'll go. (laughs) Yep. So you may not recognize the name B.B. McKinney. Yeah. But he was a very prolific hymn writer. He wrote, I mean, some of the things that I read was that he wrote like 150 hymns, 200 hymns. I saw that it went all the way up to 500 hymns. Right. And one of the reasons why we don't actually know the exact number of hymns that B.B. McKinney wrote is because he wrote hymns using pseudonyms. Right. A lot of hymn writers did this back then. So... B.B. McKinney, of course, his full name uh, is Bayless Benjamin McKinney. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's from Louisiana, and he wrote so many hymns. He actually worked for a publishing company. So he worked for the Robert H. Coleman Publishing Company, and I read that in the first hymnal he ever helped publish, there were 313 of his hymns. So you're not going to look at a hymnal and just see B.B. McKinney on 300 pages. Right. So they actually encouraged their hymn writers to use pseudonyms. And that's why it can be hard to know how many they actually wrote. Right. And when Kerry said, I like this one, it's by B.B. McKinney, I <laughs> I thought that was the pseudonym. Right. I, I said, who is B.B. McKinney? But it's 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 short for Benjamin Bayless. So it's, right. the, it's the capital letter B, period, capital it's letter B. It's actually Bayless Benjamin. Oh, gosh. I said it wrong. <laughs> Bayless Benjamin McKinney. And he... We do know of a couple of his uh, pseudonyms that he would right, use right. because he would use, he used his mother's maiden name sometimes, mm-hmm. yep. the name Heflin, and he used his wife's maiden name, which was Routh, R-O-U-T-H. So you will find that you can figure out some of the pseudonyms, but I really, at this point, it's probably impossible to get an exact number. Right. Yeah. Right. He wrote so many. So we think that you might recognize this hymn, um. wherever he leads I'll go. It was written in... 1936 (laughs) so it's pretty old it's pretty old i mean it's really it's almost 100 years old and i still think its message is Mm -hmm. meaningful and relevant today it's not old It's kind of a traditional, typical hymn, Mm -hmm. what you would expect. There's four verses. Mm -hmm. There's the refrain. The refrain usually is the part that most people remember. It's the part that comes back. It doesn't change. It has the same words. It has the same music. The other thing about the refrain is it usually has the title of the song. So the title of the song can usually be found in the refrain. So the title is Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. You will see those words in the refrain. And in this refrain, it (laughs) says (laughs) it three times. You see them a lot. Maybe we should just sing the refrain for them. Yeah, let's see if you recognize this. This is Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. You go first. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so, wherever he leads I'll go. Did you recognize that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, know. That's the refrain. That's the refrain. And it's very simple, right? Very simple. I mean, very simple. Yeah. I mean, the verses have more words yes. and more poetic language. I mean, the lyrics to the refrain are pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just take a moment. I will play the hymn in the background. Would you just read the words of mm-hmm. the verses? Sure. We've already done the refrain. So verses one through four, let's hear B.B. McKinney's lyrics. Okay. and follow me, I heard my master say, I gave my life to ransom thee, surrender your all today. He drew me closer to his side, I sought his will to know, and in that will I now abide, wherever he leads I'll go. It may be through the shadows dim, or o'er the stormy sea, i take my cross and follow him wherever he leadeth me my heart my life my all i bring to christ who loves me so he is my master lord and king wherever he leads i'll go awesome. yeah. so those words are so interesting because it mm. really tells a story mm. You think maybe it's a disciple speaking, saying these words, I heard my master say. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, anyone could be saying those words. It could be a testimony that someone nowadays would say. Absolutely. I, I heard my master. People hear, hear God's voice. People hear his, the call all the time. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, you have to wonder where B.B. McKinney came up with this story. Was it a personal story of his? Or did, did it come from someone else? Because it really seems... Like it's something personal. Yeah. Well, when a hymn writer chooses to write a song, imagine that there's some kind of personal story, whether Mm -hmm. it's a struggle or a triumph or a testimony. There's something that makes them want to write it. They had something they wanted to express. This was B.B. McKinney's uh, job. You know, he was a hymn writer for a living. He also... Had a personal story to tell. He did. He did. So this was written in 1936. Um, when we talk about a hymn writer's inspiration, we actually have a kind of a funny word for it. What's it called? <laughs> well, this is hymnspiration. So what inspired B.B. McKinney to write Wherever He Leads, I'll Go? Yeah, so he was at a conference. He was leading the music. He would do this. This was part of his job. He would travel um, mostly throughout the South, and he would lead music at different Christian conferences, whether it was for Sunday school teachers or for families or children. He would lead the music. And he was at this conference where the guest speaker was a missionary named R.S. Jones. R.S. Jones was a missionary in Brazil right and he really loved being in Brazil and mm-hmm. loved his work there but he comes home to America to speak at this conference he's the keynote speaker Sure, sure. And BB McKinney is leading worship. Right. I feel like I would have gone to a conference like this. Absolutely. And you know these guys are t- chatting, they're talking mm-hmm. at their f- during their free time. And RS Jones can't go back to Brazil. He has health problems. His doctors have told him that he cannot return to Brazil, and he's heartbroken. Right. He's heartbroken. He will of course find work and he'll still do God's work here in America, but he is so sad that his time in Brazil is over. And while he's talking to B.B. McKinney, he's expressing this. And B.B. McKinney says, what are you going to do next? What is your plan? And R.S. Jones doesn't have a plan and says, wherever he leads, I'll go. And those words must have just meant so much to B.B. To McKinney. That whole exchange, that whole conversation must have meant so much to him. And while they were there at the conference together, B.B. McKinney worked on a song. And the last night, B.B. McKinney went up to lead the music for everybody, and he shared this hymn. It was like, you know, the debut premiere performance. He shared the hymn that was inspired from his conversation with R.S. Jones. Yeah. How many of the people who were listening and there in attendance were then inspired by those words as well? Right. You could just see by the words, like in verse 3, it says it may be through the shadows dim or o'er the stormy sea. Like he, mm-hmm. the, you don't really know where it's going to be, right. but he was listening to R.S. Jones. R.S. Jones said, but wherever it is, I'll I'm, do it. I'm and where- ready. Wherever it, he takes me, I'll go. Yeah. I think R.S. Jones had tremendous faith. I think B.B. McKinney did too. And the two of them bonded over this. Mm. And we get this beautiful hymn that we're still listening to and singing and worshiping with. So just that opening line. I mean, I know the hymn is called wherever he leads I'll Mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. But that opening line, take up thy cross and follow me, is a direct quote from the Bible. Mm -hmm. We We see it a lot. We see it and we hear it a lot. Jesus says, follow me, to lots of people. You know, he'll say it to the disciples when he's calling them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He says, follow me, those words. Right. And so when we're talking about being inspired, right, that inspiration, he was inspired by his conversation with R.S. Jones, but he's also inspired by the words of the Bible, does the Bible say? <laughs> uh, so that's our little sound effect. Our daughters helped us with that. Yeah. You know, but when we're trying to pick out hymns for our Sunday morning worship services, you know, we, we always want to try just to find the right one and the best one. And obviously, if it quotes scripture, right. then it's going to be something that we want our people to sing. We want people to be singing scripture. Right. So let's talk about where this comes from in the Bible. So it happens a lot. If you just Google Jesus says follow me, you'll find a lot of different examples. Um, One of the examples that I found, which was specifically about the cross, was Matthew 10, 38. Okay. Pretty early in the Gospels, Matthew chapter 10, Jesus tells his disciples, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Right. So I looked a little earlier in Matthew chapter 10 to see exactly what Jesus is telling his disciples. So okay. don't open the Bible yet because <laughs> I thought we could have a little bit of a pop quiz. Oh. <laughs> a pop quiz? Yes. Yeah. Let's okay, see. I Let's hear see. those pops. Let's see what you, if you can figure out what Jesus told his disciples and what he didn't. So okay. basically this is just going to be true or false. Are you, are you quizzing me? I'm quizzing you. <laughs> All right, All right, true or false pop quiz. Okay. Did Jesus tell his disciples to heal the sick? Um I feel like he didn't tell them to heal the sick. I feel like Jesus could heal sick, so I say that that is false. Nope. What? <laughs> You're wrong, Gary. Oh. Jesus was giving them the power to um, heal the sick, okay. giving them the power to do His work. Okay. okay. All right. First one wrong. I'm not First starting off. Very okay. Well. okay. So, second, true or false? Jesus told His disciples that if they went into a place and they were not welcomed and greeted warmly, mm-hmm. that they should stay there and preach the gospel until everyone believed. Um, stay there where, where the people don't want them. I I feel like that's false. I, Yay. Yes, oh, that's yes, right. Yes. You're, it's false. Okay, Jesus good. said that if they were not welcomed someplace, that they were dead, they could shake the dust off their feet and walk okay. and, and go to someplace else. Just pick up and go. All okay. right. That's good. That's good advice. Hey, I got one right. Okay. So I have um, a couple more things that I want to see if you can figure out. Okay. okay. I'm ready. Okay. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, mm-hmm. so be wise as owls. <laughs> I really don't think Jesus said owls, but that is what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to fill in the blank? Yep. Uh, Do I, I have multiple, multiple choice? choice? Yeah. Oh, good. So they have to be wise as owls, wise <laughs> as serpents, or wise as cats. Come on, I don't think cats are even wise. I, I think be. they're pretty smart. <laughs> I can't be right. I say serpents. You are right? Oh, wise as serpents. So he says, I'm cats. sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as mice, innocent as rabbits, or innocent as doves. Wow, I thought I thought babies would be a choice. <laughs> innocent as babies. I say doves. You are right. (laughs) Innocent as doves. Okay. It would have been embarrassing if I got all of them wrong. Right. You only got one wrong. People would have been like, we can't tune into this podcast. (laughs) Well, maybe next time I'll try to trick you. (laughs) All right. So I thought I would just read this passage in the Bible. So these are the instructions that Jesus is giving to his disciples. Mm -hmm. What verse is in Matthew 10? So it's Matthew 10, 5 through 18. Okay. So listen. These twelve Jesus sent out instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold, nor silver, nor copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there till you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out a sheep in the midst of wolves, So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Kelly, What I'm hearing from those words is that it wasn't going to be an easy road. I mean, it really sounds sounds like it can be dangerous. It sounds like it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like they're going to have to work hard. Yes. And I think that their very lives were going to be in danger. Mm -hmm. And this, Mm -hmm. I think, brings me to that first statement that B.B. McKinney wrote and quoted from the Bible, which is, take up thy cross and follow me. So this was not something that was going to be easy. The people in biblical times knew that the cross was a symbol of pain and suffering and death. Mm -hmm. For Jesus to use that as the example, he wasn't saying, pick up your backpack and don't forget your bottle of water. Right, Just bring what you need. No, this was a a burden that you were going to have to carry. And if you were not willing to do it, then you were not worthy of him. And Jesus says that in Matthew 10, 38. So when you think think of B.B. McKinney and R.S. Jones and that conversation, Mm -hmm. I really feel that R.S. Jones was conveying to B.B. McKinney that the road ahead would be hard for Mm -hmm. him. It wasn't going to be what was familiar and comfortable in Brazil. I imagine that he was leaving people he loved. He Mm -hmm. was there for a time and he grew to love these people and have relationships and he was leaving it all behind him. Yeah. Yeah. So, B.B. McKinney, he was a man who was very busy. He had a lot of jobs. Do you know anyone else who has a lot of jobs? (laughs) How many jobs does a person need? Yeah, B.B. McKinney had a lot of gifts and talents, and he used them in so many different ways. Right. I think that part of what he did was inspiring. He wasn't just a hymn writer. Let's talk a little bit about what he did when he wasn't writing hymns. Yeah, He was born on July 22nd, 1886 in Heflin, Louisiana. Yep. And he was born into a pretty musical family. When he was four years old, his parents got a reed pump organ. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if anyone knows what a pump organ is. I I haven't seen one in years, but I have a little piece of trivia for you. Actually, this might be a fun fact. Uh Okay. (laughs) Do you know that we both know somebody who has a reed pump organ in their house? Someone who's like living right now? Someone who's living right now who's like, you could come over and see it. And who's like listening to this podcast? Probably. As we speak. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I hope she's listening. <laughs> Who is it? Our friend Joyce. Wow. How's that for a fun fact? She has a pump organ in her house. Yeah. So a pump organ, the way the air travels through the bellows is through. Um, the this pump at the bottom and you have to do push these pedals with your feet right. you can't see me but I'm like Show oh it. yeah I wish they could have a visual right now <laughs> she's showing us how to push the pedals down. I think they know how to work <laughs> pedals but yeah so he, he when he was four years old they got this pump organ he took to it very well he played he sang along and by the time he was eight he was like writing his own little poems and playing along with them he would set them to tunes yeah. that that he already knew That's basically writing hymns, right? It's music and lyrics. Yeah. He was doing it. He was doing it. And so when it came time to go off to college, he went to Louisiana College. And Louisiana College is still there today. Right. (laughs) It's the only Baptist four-year institution in Louisiana. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, since we're talking about his schooling, I do have a little school bell. So B.B. McKinney left Louisiana College after a couple of years. We're not really sure why. So his parents had a farm in Heflin, Louisiana. It was a huge farm, right? 180 acres, and they all worked on it. They grew cotton, corn, sugarcane, and peanuts, and the whole family helped. So I know that his father worked extra jobs. He worked at a lumberyard. He worked extra jobs to help pay for the kids' schooling. Education was important. But for some reason, he did leave Louisiana College after a couple of years. He worked at a general store. He helped with the farm. And eventually, he made his way to Texas. Mm-hmm. And all during this, he's still very musical. You know, he's playing his instruments, he's singing. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, when he was at Louisiana College, he wasn't really studying music and his father was disappointed. Right. Yeah. So he ends up in Fort Worth, Texas, studying at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He actually meets his wife at this time. He marries his wife, Leela, and he leaves school without finishing his studies to join the army. All right. So this is a little fun fact. Ooh, We're full of fun facts today. So he joins the army and he's totally ready and willing to go into war to, yes. to serve. This is, this is in 1918. It's during World War One. Actually, it was I, he was in there during 1917. But yeah, so he is ready to to be deployed with the rest of the mm-hmm. troops he stationed in virginia and i read that he had such a way of boosting the morale of the departing troops that they actually kept him at base so that he could do just that right, right. they never sent him to war no nope. he stayed at base i i just have to imagine that music was a part of yeah. that that he was entertaining the troops and and boosting their spirits and keeping them you know uh, happy yeah. and, and singing and and maybe even doing hymns and spiritual right. songs right. i we don't know. But yeah, so then eventually the war ended. And he was able to go home without having to go to war. In December of 1918, he returns to Texas and the college that he went to, Southwestern Theological Seminary, gives him a job. Right. So he gets to be a professor. And this is just amazing because he still doesn't have his bachelor's degree. He still doesn't have, like, formal musical training. Mm-hmm. And they hire him as a, as a professor. And he just works up the ranks, doesn't he? He, he goes from he assistant professor to professor. And and then he's in charge of the whole department for gospel music. Right, right. So <laughs> now he's, he's doing great. He He's there for a few years. And every summer he would leave Texas and go to Chicago to study music. And then he finally earned his bachelor's degree. Right. Right, and you know a little a little bit of information is that after the bachelor's degree, and he works for years, mm-hmm. he is actually awarded an honorary doctorate degree yep. from Oklahoma Baptist University. How cool is so that? So he ends up with a doctorate. He ends up as Doctor McKinney. Yep. He was at the university, um, Oklahoma Baptist, doing a Sunday school conference. He was he was speaking and leading music, and they awarded him with an honorary degree at the end of that conference. Mm-hmm. So while he is teaching at the college in Fort Worth, he is attending the Travis Avenue Baptist Church. He's the part-time director of music. So I think a lot of directors of music and worship have other teaching jobs. I mean, that's kind of what that's Kelly what and I do. do. Yeah. Kelly is the director of worship at the church, and she teaches part-time. And Carrie is the assistant director of worship, <laughs> oh plus God. the accompanist and the pianist yeah. to, of the praise and band. I wor- and I teach and she full-time. Also, yeah, yeah, teaches at a school. So he also had another job because he worked for that publishing company. Mm-hmm. He worked for the Robert H. Coleman Publishing Company. Yep. So he – and all at the same time, he's speaking at different conferences and traveling and doing that. Right. So he is very busy working hard and writing hymns all at the same time. Right. So one of the places that he would go to to every summer to lead worship mm-hmm. and he loved going, Falls Creek. Yeah. And it was this conference center. Oh, it's such a cool place. I looked online. It's in Oklahoma. And they would plan all sorts of conferences and outings and retreats yep. and, and camps all, and, for kids. It reminds me of some place we would take our kids to. We would to. totally go to yeah. this. I The website made it sound awesome. I saw that there had been a chapel built and dedicated to B.B. McKinney. Wow. On In this conference center. Yep. In, in this, this conference con- center. And it looked like it was awesome. It had 500 seats, another 100 in the choir loft, and teaching studios. It was this pretty awesome chapel. And it was the B.B. McKinney Chapel. But then, as I tried to find more information about the chapel, I couldn't find it. So I ended up calling Falls Creek. No, you didn't. I did I did. I called her. The lady answered the phone. Oh, my gosh. She must have loved hearing from well, you. Well, I just said, I'm on your website, and I can't find the B.B. McKinney Chapel. Where is it? So she said they did tear down the B.B. McKinney <laughs> Chapel because they built this huge tabernacle, and it just must have been more suited to their right, needs. Right. That was in 2013. Um you know, so I was sort of asking about the BB McKinney Chapel. It doesn't exist anymore, uh, but she was really nice but to talk to. And it's so amazing that Falls Creek is still open today. It's still open today, except of course we're in the summer of 2020 during the pandemic. They aren't offering programs. They have nothing going on Aww. right now. But BB McKinney was a faithful servant. He went every summer to lead music. Mm. He was there from 1925 to 1947 wow. the only years he didn't go were during world war ii when the campground was closed and of course it's closed right now wow. but he absolutely loved being at falls creek they no longer have the bb mckinney chapel but they do have a historical marker for the bb mckinney cabin where mm. he would stay every time he was at falls creek oh it sounds like a road trip <laughs> care oh my goodness i would love <laughs> I to would go. go there i would totally yeah. go there Um, So a little bit of information. I mean, we kind of call this a a musical nerd moment. M M S always fun. Oh, M N M M -M. musical nerd moment. All right, what's the musical nerd moment, Kelly? Some people may not be aware of this, but hymn writers would write their tune, their melody, that song that that you wanted to sing. And they would call that, they would give that tune a title. Mm -hmm. So then you could take that tune and put different words to it. I mean, it was probably their hope that it was used a lot. So they would write just the tune, and some hymn writers would write the tune and the words. And then some people just wrote words. So So it was this combination. B.B. McKinney wrote both, but he had to title... The hymn, Wherever He Leads I'll Go, because that was the name of the hymn, the song. But then the tune itself had its own title. Right. And we were so excited to find out that he named the Mm -hmm. tune Falls Creek. I know. So he named the tune after this special place mm-hmm. that he loved to go. And it's so funny because I've seen hymn tune names all the time. All the like, time. Yeah. But I never really thought of where those names came I know, from. Like the Why? name of the song, the name of the hymn is usually words from the song. Right. But the tune is, they're named weird things. They can be really random. So random, and they come from no, anywhere. We actually know where this, t- this yeah, name came False from. Creek. So now we know. So when you're talking about the text of the hymn and the tune of the hymn, Sometimes we talk about them being married, like how do they marry together? And honestly, when you have one person writing the music and then maybe 50 years later someone adding words to it, you might say, okay, those two don't go so well together. It doesn't marry well. Right. Because you want the tune to to match the lyrics. Right. I just think BB McKinney did such a great job of marrying the tune and the lyrics. Right. Because the song is serious. But it's also very positive and uplifting. And hopeful. And hopeful. I feel like that's what B.B. McKinney did with the music and the chords Mm -hmm. and the harmonies. So, yeah, the tune is uplifting and it is full of hope. It's not like wherever he leads, I'll go. It's going to be scary and dark. He says, I will follow my Lord because my Lord loves me so. That is such a powerful, positive, hopeful way of, of... Dealing with this transition in R.S. Jones's life. right, And and he says, my heart, my life, my all, all. I bring. I mm-hmm. mean, this is 100% heart, soul, body, mind mm-hmm. following Christ. Right. Which is what God expects of us. Right. He expects to, us right. to turn it all over to him. Right. And B.B. McKinney, it sure sounds like that's how he lived his life. He did. You know, he took every opportunity that was in front of him. He... he was the director of music at a church he was a professor at a, at a Christian university he was a conference speaker and worship leader yeah. it just sounded like wherever god led him he went and continued to do his work and you know sometimes god's path is crooked and it has little you know bends in it that you're not expecting in 1931 during the depression the college in fort worth had to make cuts and they were going to have to somehow cut the music department like you know in yeah. small ways And I read that B.B. McKinney actually offered to resign. He said, you know, I'll go. Then you have this position, you know, free. And you can save a little bit of money. Right. And he went to Travis Avenue Baptist Church, and he kind of made a plan with them. He became an associate pastor with the director of worship position, and he had a full-time job there. And So it sounds like he really did follow God's path Mm -hmm. wherever it led. He loved doing those conferences. And unfortunately, it was on the way home from one of those conferences yeah. that his life was ended much too soon. Much too soon, He yeah. was in a car accident. Leaving the Ridgecrest Assembly, which was in North Carolina, he was with his wife traveling. Mm-hmm. Their plan was to go to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a little vacation. He was only 66 years old. He was driving on a rain-slicked highway. He ended up getting... Uh, rear-ended, and it was a bad car accident, and he died he, a few days later as a result of those injuries. He's buried in the Woodlawn Cemetery in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. And a lot of people actually visit the cemetery. Um, they want to visit the people who are buried there. A lot of country stars are buried there. I'm sure you know Tammy Wynette. You remember her. She had I mean, that, well, I mean, she probably has a lot of famous songs, we, but we we're know not one a huge, song. We're not a huge country music <laughs> We know fans. one song by her. What's the one song you have to know by her? So, like, Stand By Your Man? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't don't even know. I don't even know either. I mean, does it count if those are the only words we know? Uh, There's other words, you know, tell the world you love him or something. I don't know. know. Yeah, and George Jones, Claudette Frady Orbison, Roy Orbison's wife, is buried there. And Tommy Jackson, the greatest fiddler in country music. So yeah, he died in 1952, uh, and he leaves behind hundreds of hymns. I feel like I want to sing the whole hymn. Can we just do all four verses? We can do all four verses. We've talked about the the music being so beautiful and really marrying the text well. Mm -hmm. On top of that, there's just some really pretty harmonies. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when we sing with a choir in church, we would have soprano, alto, tenor, bass, four-part harmony. Right. If we could do that with this song, it would be so pretty. There's only two of us, Kelly. There's only two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of play around with the harmonies. I'll sing a little alto, a little okay. tenor. Yeah. You'll sing melody. Sure. And I think it would be really pretty to sing a little bit of an acapella. Okay. So is this a musical nerd moment? m ms always fun. <laughs> yeah. Does everyone know what acapella means? <laughs> I mean, I think a cappella is a pretty standard term that most people know, but for those... Especially with all the a cappella groups that are out right yeah, now, it's, it's very popular. popular. So yeah. a cappella is voices only, mm-hmm. so we will have the piano playing, but, you know, for a little bit of it, let's do... Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is Carrie, and I play the piano, so I'll be accompanying... I mean, the... I'm Kelly, and I play the piano, too. <laughs> we both play the piano. We of course we do, and we both sing. But I right. I will be playing this one. Okay. okay, can I can we switch it for the next one? <laughs> do you want to switch? Sure. <laughs> All right. So I'll be playing and doing some harmony, and, and then Kelly then be will be singing, and then one of the verses we'll try acapella. Sure. So sure. sing along with us. Yeah, you could actually Google the lyrics mm-hmm. and sing right along. All four verses. Wherever, Wherever he leads, I'll go. Oh, I love that song. That That is, you know, kind of one of my favorites now. It's it really is. It's just so beautiful. And again, it's this idea that you're learning more about the hymn writer. You're learning more about where it comes from in the Bible. And it just makes you appreciate it even mm-hmm. more. This song is beautiful. And it's really poignant and meaningful even for us today. Yes, yes. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope if you're ever at church and they're singing it, you'll think of Bebe. <laughs> I hope you come back and listen to us again. Next week we will do a different hymn. It'll be a surprise. Um, So before we go, let's just read for you one of Mm. our favorite scripture verses. Psalm 43. Psalm 40, verse 3. He gave me a new song to sing. It is a hymn of praise to our God. Many people will see and have respect for the Lord. They will put their trust in him. And, you know, that is our hope and prayer for this podcast. Right. We will sing new songs. They will be hymns of praise to our God. And people will grow in their faith and in their love for the Lord. Yes. So keep singing, everyone. Keep singing. And we'll see you next time on Hymn Hymn Talk, Talk, Twin Twin Talk. Talk.